0: Welcome to The Delling Ad with me James Dellingpole and I'm really excited about a very special event I've got coming up quite soon with our old friend Clive DeCarle. This is my first, well actually it's my second, I lie, or maybe my third. my third delingpole event outside london and the smaller events are, are are really good i mean they don't have the crowds of the london uh, events but they're more intimate and you get more chance to spend quality time with james anyway my special guest is clive de and if you turn up you can discover all sorts of exciting things like is clive's voice really as silky and yet sort of strangely nicotine stained as it sounds on on the podcast can he really be that laid back in in real life and of course maybe you want to ask him how you cure the big K the big K of course is something completely different from from cancer and as you know it's illegal to talk about any alternative methods of treating treating cancer but Clive can talk about all sorts of other conditions which are quite similar like the one beginning with K Uh, and we'll talk about other things as well I think Clive is, is is keen to talk about um, the battle for freedom and what we can do to escape the encroaching tyranny. Anyway, the event is in Dorset. I thought, you know, I'd give the, the, the South Coast a chance to experience the Delling Pod. And it's not far. It's outside outside pool at a uh, a venue called the Hamworthy Club. If any you, of you know the Hamworthy Club, it kicks off about seven. I I might change the time, and make it a bit earlier. I don't know yet, but but seven roughly. And it's on the 28th of July. I didn't even mention that, did I? I didn't mention the key detail. 28th of July. July. I'm going to put the booking details um, below. Uh, it's. It, it, It's going to sell out fairly quickly. My events tend to, so I'd get in there quick if I were you, and I really look forward to meeting you. Um, Those of you I've I've met before, and those of you I've never had the, the joy of meeting. Anyway, it's going to be fun. Of course it's going to be fun. look forward to seeing you there. Welcome to The Delling Pond with me, James Dellingpole. And I know I always say I'm excited about this week's special guest, but I really am. We've got, by popular request actually, lots of people have been calling for you. Nazarin Veronica. Um, and later on in the show, I'm going to put in, I'm going to insert, because, I, because I'm so, I couldn't get my act together in time. I've got a great advert, um, a sponsor, somebody who's got this amazing place or series of places in Scotland for like awake people. You know, he, yeah. he likes awake clients. He likes cash, but he's got awake books and he's, I just think this is the kind of people who should be well sponsoring the Delling pod because like, this is the perfect audience. Anyway, Nazarin Veronica. Um, I've seen, I've seen videos of you, mm-hmm. but um, on, on, on uh, YouTube Mm. would it be on youtube or you're probably banned from youtube doing doing brave brave sassy things sort of red pilling people on the tube and stuff and i know that you were in that bbc vaccines alleged vaccines that aren't vaccines series where they basically tried to stitch you up yeah um but but tell me more about yourself because i mean i i'm 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 crap at doing my research and uh, i just know you're a good thing (laughs)
1: Yeah, well, um, I'm Nazar and Veronica. Um, I became sort of more well known in the movement um, through doing the, you know, through taking part in the documentary, um, BBC. Tell us about
0: tell us about the documentary. What was it called? And
1: yeah, so it was called Unvaccinated, um, and it was sort of advertised as a um, as a way to explain to the UK public why we aren't vaccinated. So I thought, you know, it sounds like a, <laughs> a good opportunity to at least try and get some information out there. Um, and when my friend um, suggested to them that I do it instead of him, um, they interviewed me. And basically, I just went for it because I knew that it was a it was still I knew it was going to be a setup. I knew I knew I knew they were going to try and manipulate things and edit things in a way which isn't um accurate as to what actually happened but I still thought it's worth giving it a try because you know if it's a way to get information out there I'm going to try and do it regardless of what happens um in the editing process so I did it um and in the interview I had to act really dumb to get onto it actually so, did you, so,
0: so, so you, you did kind of deceive them when they yeah. were interviewing you beforehand
1: yeah I knew that I knew the kind of people they were looking for and so I knew that I had to change the way that I am slightly in terms of, you know, not mentioning any statistics, not mentioning any science, just basically. They asked me, why aren't you vaccinated? And I just had to act really stupid and just say, oh, I, I don't know, you know, my friends weren't getting it so I didn't get it either. Things like that, just. Um...
0: How, 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 many, how many interviews were there?
1: Uh, there was one person who interviewed me I think there on, were on the phone. People. Yeah, it was on a video call. So, yeah,
0: I, <laughs> I put, and I did, put, did you pretend to be? Did, did you kind of physically look try try to look more gormless?
1: Yeah, I are. put loads of makeup on, <laughs> and um, just yeah, my whole persona was just different to how I really am. Um, I didn't really have any good reasons as to why I wasn't vaccinated. Well, from their view. So yeah. then they did um, choose me as one of the participants. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> so,
0: because I've, I've, been, I've been stitched up totally. I mean, like a kipper
1: mm. by the
0: BBC. And I went into it complete innocent. I thought, well, lovely BBC, it's right. And I didn't, I didn't think the BBC was lovely. But at that point in my, my life, I didn't realise that the BBC was like a snake and you have to sup with a very very long spoon and i sh- what i should have done is recorded the interview um independently so that i could show the tricks they did i should have been wise i'm i'm nearly 60 you're how old 22 22 how come you were so you were so aware how come you knew about all this this before
1: well um When I sort of woke up to the propaganda that was going on at the beginning of um, lockdown and, you know, the pandemic, I realised what the BBC were doing. And I realised they were just plain lying about everything. Um, And that's when I realised they couldn't be trusted. So I saw the absolute lies they were putting out um, regarding, you know, COVID and lockdowns and vaccines and i realized that they're not to be trusted i was also warned by many people um but i I already knew even before the warnings but they just sort of reiterated how dangerous um they are and what they will try to do to me and i prepared in the best way possible um obviously i have no control in the edit i can't you know decide what gets left and and what doesn't but i had a notebook of stats and um figures and so many basically i had loads of science on my side and i used stats whenever i could like in every debate i i was listing all of the stats and science um to back up my points sadly they did remove every single one of them you (laughs) so
0: surprised me
1: (laughs) (laughs) i know it's just crazy because literally it's all i was coming out with and they managed to remove every single one but they did leave in the part where I talked about the Pfizer documents and all of the adverse reactions on there and I listed like how many there are um and that was left in by some miracle so
0: how how bizarre maybe they thought that having got you as one of their victims they ought to have at least something from you know they couldn't I would look a bit weird wouldn't it if you if, if you were a character in this in all this, every shot but but you never said anything
1: mm, exactly so but, they left but, that in.
0: but okay so let's get the timeline sorted here when what year was the this documentary when did they film it and so
1: it was filmed in may 2022 so last year um and it was aired in july 2022
0: okay well so before that when was the moment you you just spotted straight away that the BBC was lying, but there must have been a sort of there must have been a moment where you became awake you or a series of events that made you awake It doesn't just happen like suddenly, does it you must have been the, the awareness must have dawned over a period
1: yeah definitely um well, it definitely was the pandemic that woke me up to many things um particularly when they had videos of the journalists standing outside hospitals and the, do you remember the the videos of the body bags where there were like all of the body bags lined up on the floor with are we talking about italy or,
0: or somewhere else
1: it was in the uk okay i think um yeah i'm sure it was and then okay. there was there were videos of it was multiple news outlets who were posting things like this But the body bags began moving and then like one of them opened and a person got out. And then I was like, wait a minute, they're they're, they're literally employing actors to pretend to be dead bodies in the body bags. So why are they doing that? If it's such a real thing, which is killing so many people, wouldn't they just have the real bodies in the body bags? Um, And it's just so many things didn't make sense. The mannequins, the mannequins where they had people who were, you know, suffering from COVID being shipped off. By ambulances into the hospital, but then there were mannequin. They were using mannequins instead of people, um and all of this put together, I was realizing they just—it's all like a film. It's they—they're they're, they're hiring actors to pretend to be victims of COVID. Why are they hiring actors if it's such a real thing which is affecting so many people? It didn't make sense to me. But
0: you realize you're in a—you're in a minority. You, you were—you were definitely in a minority then. You're still in a minority now. Most people, I mean, even—even. Even people you know who who have got their wits about them and are used to a use are, are wise to social media and wise to the internet and stuff um even then most people were taken in by this stuff they didn't question it so what do you think it was about you that that made you wise to it
1: um I really don't know this is this is like a phenomenon which we're dealing with at the moment there are a number of people who managed to see through the lies, and obviously the majority believed them. So, what sets us apart from the others? Um, I, I, I really can't answer that. I think it's um, maybe the way I was raised. My parents were really um, open-minded to a lot of things, and they basically raised me to believe that anything could be possible, and we shouldn't, you know, just trust people easily we should look into things ourselves right so that helped although my mum did actually fall for it at the beginning so I was trying to tell her not to believe what she was seeing on the news and stuff so I I don't know I really don't know
0: (laughs) um did you manage to persuade her not to get the the jab yeah was it a hard battle
1: um no, it wasn't that wasn't the battle. The battle was getting her to realize that the pandemic was not what they were saying it was. Right. Um that was the hard battle and also masking as well.
0: Right. That's well, I I mean, I mean, I mean, well done. Doing. Well I'm 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 really I'm really really impressed. Um Nazarin Veronica doesn't sound a very English name.
1: No, yeah, my mum's Polish, um but I was named after a church. So um yeah, the Church of the Nazarene, you know, where Jesus was from Nazareth. People yeah. of Nazareth were called Nazarenes. So that's what I was named after. And I am actually a Christian, so it's like
0: <laughs> are you were you brought up a Catholic?
1: Uh sort of. My family aren't really religious. Um but despite I get...
0: despite giving you the naming you after Jesus of Nazareth yeah. <laughs> your church. Yeah.
1: It's funny. Um but I was, yeah, I used to go to church with my grandma um, and it was like a Polish Catholic church um, in Harlesden. So I did, I did used to go to church, but I kind of stopped believing in God for a few years. And then recently, actually because of the pandemic again, I began to um, find, you know, a newfound belief in God which was just so strong. And I could just feel that that is, you know, the truth. And it was, yeah, it was was seriously amazing. It was just like a, it was the only thing that gave me hope and strength. And it's the only reason, God is the only reason that I was able to do all of the things I've done in the past few years, um, because I am doing God's work. I did feel called to do it. And it wasn't even really a choice. It just felt like it was my reason for living at that point. So, yeah, amazing. So yeah,
0: you really, I, I'm really happy to hear this because I've I've gone through a similar experience. Um, but you've kind of answered my question, my earlier question, which is why. I mean, mm-hmm. I think you were chosen. That would be my explanation because it just on 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 the the answers you've given me so far to my 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 questions um it's not like you were already massively down the rabbit hole you you know you weren't an, a kind of nine eleven truther or you weren't obsessed with the moon landing fake being fake or anything like that you were just uh what we actually what were you doing at the time
1: uh at the time um what when the plan i mean on... well, well when you
0: were you were you were you a student or um have you got a job
1: or what So I was um, doing an apprenticeship with a council for, you know, housing, property management. Um, And so, yeah, I was half studying, half working at the time. When the pandemic first happened, I was actually unemployed because I was about to move on to my next job of um, working for the council and doing the the apprenticeship. But because it happened, they cancelled it and they said, sorry, we can't actually employ you um because of this you know virus which is killing everyone Yeah. so they said that they're going to have to drop me and I couldn't start working with them so because of that I'd already left my other job waiting to start my new one and then they just dropped me and I had no job for a while which was kind of hard but at the same time I was just enjoying myself during lockdown, to be honest, and I was free for months. So it was amazing. And then they finally came back to me and said, you know, actually, we are doing this after all. So you can start your job. And yeah, so it did give me a lot of time to research.
0: (laughs) Right. Did they did they pay you while you were not?
1: Or did they just? No, I was I had to go on universal credit. For the only time in my life, which was yeah,
0: looking really back crazy. on that weird, crazy era, mm. um, I mean, there's not much to recommend it. What was done was criminal and worse. Actually, it was it, probably you'll agree with me. It was satanic, actually. Mm. But but um, I do remember fondly the joy of breaking the rules. Uh, in in lots of different ways and just I mean so what 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 did you do to show your contempt for the for the system
1: well of course you know most restaurants and bars were closed well actually all um so I couldn't really go out much but um, my friends and I just basically went to the park every day you know had picnics um I remember once I actually I used to go to the park every single day at one point when it was really bad and literally everything was closed. We were only allowed out for one hour to exercise. Do you remember that? Yeah. (laughs) So I used to go to the park, um, Hampstead Heath, to sunbathe because it was a short walk from where I was living at the time. And I used to just lie in the sun all day. And do you remember when the police were sort of patrolling in cars around parks, driving around, seeing if people were there for longer than an hour? So the police, there was one time the police came um, round and they saw me lying there and they came back after like an hour and they saw I was still there. So they came up to me, they got out of the car and came up to me and said, you've been here for longer than an hour, you need to go home. And I was like, oh, but I'm exercising. And they're like, no, you're not, you're lying in the sun sunbathing. So I just stood up and started doing star jumps. (laughs) (laughs) And then I was like, no, I'm exercising, see. And they were like, they didn't know, they looked at each other, they didn't know what to do. And then they just left and left me to it. Um, So, yeah, but there were so many times they would just come up to us and be like, you're not in the same bubble. And then you'd have to lie and say, well, no, we're sisters actually, Um, like me and my friend. It was seriously, I I, I, I sometimes forget that it even happened because it's that crazy. It feels like a dream. It's like... How how did we allow that to happen? I, I really don't get it, and the, the fact people actually complied with it is even crazier to me. I, I can't believe anyone actually sat in their houses all day, thinking they were doing something good. It's just. Uh...
0: And isn't isn't the scariest thing that now everyone everyone's pretending it like like it never happened?
1: Yeah, it is the scariest thing. Like with the um, I forgot which. I think it was a magazine but they were asking for an amnesty for people's behavior during lockdown and you know forcing people to to wear masks and stuff and they were saying oh we didn't know that we didn't know that it wasn't as much of a threat as we thought it was so they're just literally refusing to sort of put their hands up and say we were wrong they're just saying you should forgive us because we didn't know um, I don't know it just it just feels like we need some reparations for what happened but I just doubt that will ever happen I, I don't think
0: it's do you not think I mean like as Christians we're supposed to forgive aren't we yeah but I think that a necessary part of, of that is a sense of contrition on the part of the people being forgiven I mean at we least can an forgive apology them. yeah because until they acknowledge they did something wrong the chances are they're going to do it do it all over again probably harder next time.
1: Yeah, when the next big thing happens. <sighs> it's just No. Crazy.
0: I, I was thinking I I got into I almost got into a fight with a man on a train because I wasn't wearing a mask and he was and he didn't like the fact that I was Well, I I think what he really resented was the fact that I wasn't wearing a mask and that that I wasn't going to bow down to the authorities in the way he was. And Mm. he vented his frustration on me.
1: Yeah, I had a similar thing. Um, I wasn't wearing a mask. I literally never wore a mask on public transport. And um, one day a man came up behind me and he was wearing earphones. And I was wearing earphones. And I think he thought I couldn't hear him because I was wearing earphones, but at the time the song just stopped playing so I could hear everything. (laughs) And he came up behind me and he was like, put your mask on you. Can I swear?
0: Yeah, yeah, of course you can, yeah.
1: He called me a bitch. (laughs) So I turned around and I was like, sorry, what did you say? And he turned around and he looked at me with, you know, his face was just shocked because he thought I couldn't hear him. And then he starts sort of scurrying away. um, And I just thought, I sat, I stood there and I was like, Hmm, should I just let him go or should I chase him and, you know, make him answer me? (laughs) And I, at the time, I was already in a bad mood, so I was ready (laughs) for confrontation and I basically chased him down the platform because he was literally running away from me at the end, um, screaming at him saying, what did you just call me? You just called me a bitch. What, because I'm not wearing a mask? and everyone on the platform was just looking at him and he, he looked so embarrassed.
0: Fantastic.
1: <laughs> and finally, because he was, he was literally running away from me, so I chased him, stopped him, you know, literally grabbed his arm to stop him and I said, you just verbally abused me and called me a bitch for not wearing a mask, can you explain to everyone here why you did that? Um, and he... Had nothing to say. Well oh, actually, he was like, "Well, you should be wearing a mask." And I was like, "Well, I'm choosing not to. Are you going to force me to do it? Are you going to put one on my face?" And he had nothing to say to that. And then he, I just walked away, and everyone was laughing at him. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, he was beaten by a girl. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't add,
1: expecting it from me.
0: <laughs> add to the humiliation. Well done, Nazrin. That's 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 really good. That uh, very 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 satisfying. So. Um, where were your your friends... Did you manage to... Were your friends initially sceptical of your position or were they all kind of, yeah, were with you?
1: Um, so, at the very beginning, I was posting um, videos, basically telling people just to question things, not to go with everything, just question everything because there are some things in this which aren't making sense. Um, and videos explaining how getting the public into a negative mindset and you know feeling negative emotions like fear, anger, sadness makes them very easy to control um, by higher powers. So I was putting things information like that out to my friends on my social media. And I was met with a lot of friction, a lot of contempt, and people began to argue with me, block me, and unfollow me and stop talking to me, essentially. Um, and I'm fine with arguments, like I'm very happy to have debates about things, but when it, I just saw how many people were so quick to stop talking to me, friends that i would literally had for years, just yeah. blocking me with no, with no explanation, nothing. And then I realized, okay, there's something really, really, really weird going on here because they are so brainwashed by this information that they're seeing from, all angles they're so brainwashed by it they're willing to throw away years of friendship because i have a difference of opinion to them and they're not even willing to debate me on it they just want to ignore the other side and just believe all of the information from one side so i was really taken aback by that i had you know people i i would go out um and if I saw friends or people who knew me, they'd like laugh at me or, you know, call me names in the street, which is crazy because I've, I've never experienced anything like it at school. I was what, really friends
0: doing, yeah, calling well, not, you names not, in the street,
1: not friends, but people who went to my school, for example. Right. Or um, just people I, I knew, but weren't close. I wasn't close with them, but I knew them um for example I was at a restaurant once and um a group of friends from my school but they weren't my friends they were just friends but they were there they saw me and they began to um laugh at me and point at me and then they said I'm an anti-vaxxer and then they just left the restaurant (laughs) it was really weird they were like oh you've turned out to be an anti-vaxxer haven't you and then they just left and I was like (laughs) really shocked
0: Were they Um, wearing masks?
1: Well, this was... um, No, they weren't, because this was in 2022, the beginning of 2022. So people weren't really that crazy about things anymore. They weren't wearing masks. Um, But I think they had a problem with my stance on vaccines.
0: (laughs) Don't you think it's weird? I mean, I'm, I'm excruciatingly aware of your generation, particularly... Yeah. Has been subjected to this relentless brainwashing about things like microaggressions, and I mean, you're you're supposed to be the generation that really cares, and everyone is super sensitive about other people's feelings. If they've got the slightest thing wrong with them, slightest difference, they should be cherished and nurtured and stuff. And yet, here's this thing where breaks which breaks all those rules.
1: Well, I think they only feel those emotions towards people who are like them and they've been conditioned to believe that anyone who believes, you know, um, things which, you know, who ha- anyone who has opinions which differ to their own don't deserve that same compassion and empathy, which it really makes no sense to me because I you know, treat everyone with respect, regardless of what they believe. I wouldn't, um, you know, if I saw someone on the street wearing a mask, even now, which I still see,
0: Yeah,
1: I'm not going to, you know, shout at them and go, oh, you're a masker, take your mask off, you look like an idiot, you know, I'm not going to do that no. because I... I, I respect their right to choose what they want to do with their own body. If if they want to get vaccinated and wear a mask, that's fine. Obviously, I believe they should have all of the information regarding both sides before they make a decision, but which mm. they haven't got, sadly. But um, I still believe they have the right to choose that, so I'm not going to make fun of them for their decision, um, even though I believe that it's the wrong one.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, it's just... I'm I'm more willing to have a debate about things because I, I've never actually lost a debate regarding the COVID stuff.
0: Right. W- where do you have the, these debates?
1: Oh, all the time. You know how I do outreach on the tubes and outside stations and on the street? A lot of the time we encounter people who, even doctors, who come up to us and say, you're wrong, you're spreading misinformation to the public. And we're very happy to have debates with them, obviously, um, because that's what our side's all about. It's about truth. And if yeah. if I'm wrong, you know, tell me I'm wrong and explain to me why. Show me your evidence, and I'm more than happy to look at it because I'm very open-minded. But every single time I've had a debate with these people who don't believe what we believe, it always they either walk away because they realise they're wrong, but they you know they can't admit it and they just walk away because they can't listen to us anymore or they um, just go on and on about you know, their opinions leaving out any science because they don't have any science to back up their points it's yeah it's always either those two options they, they are never right they never come out of it winning the debate so I think that says a lot because you have doctors coming up to regular members of the public and the regular members of the public know more about what we're talking about than the doctors do.
0: And how do you know, I mean, yeah, how do you know that you've won the debate? Do they go off with their tail between their legs or do they go, oh, maybe you're right, I better better do some more research? or Do they ever surrender? Or
1: uh, We've had some people surrendering, but it is mostly them just walking off because they can't listen to us anymore. And the reason I know we've won the, won the debate is because we have science and they don't. And they can't contest our science. They can't say, they can't give any contesting information to sort of go against what we say. So, you know, if, if you have statistics on your side, it does help your argument a lot. And they don't have that Um
0: well, okay, so we've we've gone um, forward now to to your your the amazing stuff you're doing, sort of guerrilla, guerrilla <laughs> <what is it? laughs> debates on the tube and stuff. Um, yeah. But before we go there, I think this is the point where we're going to have my little break. I'm going to try and insert it so that nobody can avoid this advert because it's a good product, hey? Yeah. <laughs> Here's the amazing Scottish place I wanted to recommend to you. I I think this is a really good experiment, by the way. Uh, People who are sharklings, uh, uh, friends of the pod, who want to advertise their product to the right audience, people like us, people who like this sort of thing, people who want to help one another um, and have a good time, obviously. So he's got these two properties in Scotland, half a mile from Loch Ness and the nearest town is Inverness. One sleeps six the other is a pod that sleeps sleeps two. I've been looking at the website it looks amazing. I haven't I haven't I haven't stayed there yet. Uh, it's net. I'll put the details below. Anyway, they're in somewhere called Drumnadrochit. I hope I have pronounced that right which is not far from Urquhart Castle. Um, the Loch Ness Stay is a garden flat in the Glen of Furness in the Drochit. Sleeps up to six guests, ground floor garden flat with a beautiful riverside location and forest view. And the other one, Loch Ness Stay, sleep up to two guests, fully equipped luxury pod with ensuite shower room and toilet, warm and cosy, comfortable memory foam king size bed. Anyway, I'll put the details below the uh the, the podcast and you get if you apply to through the right website which is the one that goes lochnessstay.smubu.net and and you mention the Delling pod you get a 10 percent discount but here's why i think this is a venture worth supporting i mean I, i'm assuming that this is a really amazing place so it looks it but this guy the guy, the guy who owns these places uh Went up to Scotland with his family to to prepare for the kind of the horrors that are coming and give his give his family a kind of nice rural life eating homegrown vegetables. But it says hosts are onside and team James families motorbikers smokers religious unjabbed unwoke males females and other socially ostracized groups especially welcome cash preferred location is idyllic. Um what more can i say enjoy let me know how you get on if you if you go there right now i've done now we can go back so i want to i want to just uh just rewind a second um rewinding is probably a concept you're not familiar with because you you, you post date um vhs videotapes but back in the day we used to have these things called cassette tapes and things oh and i know to...
1: <laughs> i'm not that young
0: <laughs> i'm just patronizing you Nazareth. Uh.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: no i'm just taking i'm just taking the piss um i i'm i'm envious of your youth uh, i i was i was your age once and i and i i wasn't nearly as clever as you and I, and, I, and i i completely frittered it away so i'm i'm you know uh so when you went on this bbc program and you unlike me you weren't completely shafted is it remind me who the presenter was hannah
1: fry professor hannah fry oh.
0: Yeah, prof- you mean professor. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, anyone with that title, anyone who uses that title is is automatically suspect, don't you reckon?
1: Well, yeah. I, yeah, I don't think I've met someone who is a professor who actually knows what they're talking about in regards to what we're talking about here.
0: No, absolutely yeah. not. I'm presuming you didn't go to university.
1: No, I chose not to.
0: Dodged a bullet there. You really did. Yeah. think of all that money you've saved. I know. Um, so, so okay, Professor Hannah Fry.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, what what did you make of her?
1: I think she's a very evil, dark person. Um, I went into it thinking she you know, was just innocent in this, you know, she's just a victim of propaganda and she doesn't really understand what's happening. She doesn't really understand what she's a part of. But I left having realised that she is complicit in a very evil scam. Um, She's pushing an agenda which is killing people and injuring people. And she knows that, but she's doing it for the money. Um, That's obviously my opinion, but it's based on many things which happened in that house. Um,
0: Can you give me some examples? Because those are quite strong claims.
1: Yeah, I had all of those stats and she assured me that some of them would be kept in and they weren't. And she had power to change that. She had a voice and she refused to actually stick to her promise, which, you know, to me that if you're gonna promise something, you know, with good intentions, you'll make sure it happens and she didn't do that. So I think she was just saying that to make me trust her. Um, There was also a, there was just so much manipulation. She came up to us, you know, there was a a whole scene which was cut out because they realized it was way too patronizing to leave in. But it was the placebo effect, the placebo slash nocebo effect. So they had, um, they set us around a table and they brought us nappies with chocolate inside. And they were like, okay, eat this chocolate in the nappies. And it looked like poo, obviously. Yeah. They're, they're trying to show us that, you know, we don't want to eat it because we're associating it with poo. Whereas it's actually chocolate, which we do like. So, you know, the, the fact it's in a nappy makes us think it's poo trying to say that we're basically um delusional for thinking that the vaccine is harmful um, I, I
0: i I'm still not working out how how that that particular trick works i mean what well, uh,
1: i don't know are they say
0: are they saying that what's the analogy here that that because needles are scary that that's no
1: like... I think they're saying that if we if we believe that we're going to have an adverse reaction, then we will have one.
0: Right. Okay. So adverse reaction. So, so, um, the, the poor old, um, uh, Alex who, who who got blood clots and had to have a leg amputated. This was all psychosomatic.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Right. That's that's the BBC line.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's what I, we had a conversation afterwards where, you know, it got quite heated. That was actually left in and you can actually see the nappy on the table. <laughs> but they just removed the scene of them giving it to us and telling us to eat it. But um yeah, we got quite annoyed, obviously, because we were saying that, you know, things like heart attacks, you can't just make them happen through your mind. It's something which is causing it. You know, you have to have a health issue or something has to happen inside your body for that to actually happen. You can't just imagine okay i'm going to have a heart attack and then you just have one it's it's yeah what they were saying was crazy they also gave us a can of dog food it was um a pedigree the yellow can for dogs um and then they put chocolate inside that as well and they told us to eat it it was just so patronizing and she did that it was her who brought it to us you know and I don't know. I just feel like if if somebody asked me to do that, I wouldn't do it because it's so patronising. I wouldn't want to be seen doing that to people and um, basically treating people like brain-dead children um, who can't think logically and who have to be shown things through, you know, jelly beans, chocolate and nappies and chocolate and dog poo. I mean, dog... (laughs) dog food cans <laughs> it was really crazy um
0: you also just yeah sorry the, the, the your housemates so it was like the big brother house was it you were sort of
1: yeah d- d- was, did you have
0: to stay there
1: yeah we had to stay there for five days four nights so it was literally daily filming it was so exhausting i had mental breakdowns every single day I was literally on the floor crying on some days because I couldn't believe how evil they were. Um, You know, obviously there's the scene of me telling Hannah Fry that um, I have a friend who experienced really, really awful adverse reactions from her vaccine. You know, she had, had, I think, over 65 different adverse reactions to one vaccine. So that's obviously not made up. You can't imagine that and fake that. And then she just said that... um, I think she said, how do you know it's from the vaccine? You know, how do you know it's not from something else or it's not? it wouldn't have happened anyway? Um, this, this
0: is a friend, it happened to a friend of yours who's your age?
1: Yeah, well, she's 28, so she's a bit older than me, but still a 28-year-old shouldn't be dealing with suspect heart attacks, um, strokes, seizures, you know, that shouldn't be paralysis. These aren't things you can just imagine or manifest to happen they're things which you know are caused by something and in this case it was caused by a vaccine or a
0: vaccine professor professor hannah fry was was unmoved by this she probably just thought it was what anecdote that was untrustworthy because
1: i mean she i showed her video evidence of the seizures um that was also in the documentary but yeah the professor couldn't make the obvious link so, it says a and,
0: lot. I mean, I'm I'm familiar with the tactics that they use. They do try and grind you down. When when I had my experience at the hands of the BBC, they they grilled me for about five hours, and I was desperate for a cup of tea, a bit of a bit of cake or something to to you know. I was getting massive sugar lows, and and. It's like being interrogated, that they, 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 they keep going through it until they get the answer they want rather than the answers that are, that are true.
1: That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what happened with us literally every single day. Um, there was a time when we were filming for pretty much the whole day. And they, on that day, they only provided one meal. So I was starving. And then they were like, don't worry, there's food in the kitchen. I went to the kitchen. It was crisps, chocolate, um, sweets, like really, really bad things, which I don't even eat normally. I I do occasionally, but that's not something I choose to eat. I choose to eat things which actually fuel my body and my brain. And it just felt like they were doing it to really weaken us and to make us not be able to think clearly and not be able to think as clearly quickly so that we don't come up with the answers which are appropriate for the question which is what happened a lot of people did mess up and they said things which they regret saying um, because they were just exhausted and um, yeah just made weak because of what they were doing and they were just using crazy tactics like waking us up really early in the morning 5 6 a.m for no reason um, because filming started at midday, so
0: very interesting. That is yeah. that is another tell. Definitely yep.
1: not enough sleep. Not go- no good food. I mean, they they did to be fair, they did have a caterer, but that was one to two meals daily, and on that one day, it was only one meal that we were given. So it was, we were yeah, we weren't being fed enough, <laughs> in my opinion, um, and. I do. I do think that on some days that was on purpose. Um,
0: Were they paying you for this?
1: No, we we got paid in compensation, but I ended up losing so much money because I had two jobs at the time, um, and I had to take leave, and it wasn't paid leave; it was unpaid leave for both of my jobs. So they only compensated two hundred and fifty pounds, I think, and I would have earned like over a thousand. So. They do
0: this thing. I mean, this is this is part of their exploitation. Everyone thinks when you're on TV, you're in the money, and they do have this thing where they talk about, you know, "We can't, we can't pay you, but we can compensate you." Yeah. And they give you a derisory.
1: Which is so. fine. I was willing to do it for free because for me, it was more about getting the message out there. It's um, a holy mission. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. But a
1: lot of people did think that I was a paid actor, because they're like, well, the BBC had you on, so you're obviously a paid actor, you're not genuine, you know, you can't be trusted, Um, which was crazy. I even had someone threaten me, because I was going to a march, um, not long after it had aired, and it was a march for the victims of the um, vaccine, and someone messaged me saying, if I see you at the march, I'm going to hurt you because you're a paid actor. I can't remember exactly how they worded it, but they just basically threatened me and they said they're going to hurt me in some way. So I had people out of the movement uh, messaging me, telling me I am an evil person for promoting a message which is killing people, you know, that I'm an anti-vaxxer and I'm going to kill people through that. And then I had people in the movement also you know, attacking me, saying that I'm a paid actor, making public videos about me, saying that I'm not who I say I am, and things like that. So, I was just being attacked from all angles. But yeah, like I said, the only thing that gave me strength through that time was God. Um, and somehow I got through it.
0: That's brilliant. No, I, I'm 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 very glad. I'm very glad that you had that sort of um, protection yeah and and you're right when you've got that confidence you can do anything
1: yeah Um, even um in the house when we were doing the filming for the documentary I got these it felt like God was just putting things into my brain like things to say because I I was coming up with information that I don't remember ever seeing (laughs) and somehow it was all right I was checking afterwards and it was all right and I was like how did this even happen I don't remember ever seeing this I don't But somehow the right things came into my brain at the right times and I was able to literally win most of the debates with them because of the things that were coming into my head. Obviously that wasn't shown in the documentary because they edited it to make it like they were winning everything and we were just, you know, the idiots who were sat there nodding our heads. But it was really amazing what was happening and... At the end of the filming, I'd just break down um, because it took so much energy out of me. It was like everything had just left me, and I was just like a shell of a human being. And I would break down, you know, go to the go to the room I was staying in, close the door, and just fall on the floor and cry. Um, and then there was a church about two minutes away from the house, and that's where we were allowed to go because we couldn't really go much further. And I would go to the church every single day in the morning and in the evening. And I would go there there'd never be anyone there It would always be just me and then Jesus <laughs> yeah. and I would go in front of him and just fall onto the floor and cry and I would hold his foot and for some reason, that's where I got my energy from and then all the energy would flow back into me and I'd feel like a new human being again and be ready for the next debate. D- it was so crazy that's that's that's
0: amazing D- so you, you never you never had a vicar. Turn up
1: no no it was there was one day where there was a choir of very elderly people and that was on the last day of filming and actually we were all there at the same time all of the people in the house just came in at once and then they were there and they sort of let us in and it was we had this surreal moment of just appreciation and love and we all were crying it was really emotional um and I, I just think that was just us realising that we were all on a mission um, led by God. We were God's soldiers and he was using us to convey this information to his people.
0: Do you think if you hadn't been there, it would have turned out very differently? I mean, how how awake were the other people in the house?
1: So both me and Vicky were on the same page. We were both told by mutual friends that we were going to be on it together so we knew to trust each other obviously we didn't know who else we could trust because we didn't know how many people would be actors and you know but we met each other on the first day and we sort of stuck together but the other people were awake they just weren't as prepared for the for what the BBC would do they went into it probably more trusting I would say of the BBC and just sort of, you know, believing that it was actually going to be a, a way to sort of, you know, just share their views yeah, as opposed to a hit piece, (laughs) which is what it turned out to be. Um, So yeah, both me and Vicky kind of kept each other strong throughout it. We looked after each other. We, um, you know, we, we, we were all pretty close towards the end to some degree. Um, But both me and Vicky went into it knowing it was going to be a setup, and we had a plan in place. We had, um, you know, sources sources of information whenever we would need them. Um, And we had, yeah, we stuck to our plan and we managed to succeed. So I do think that if we weren't there, it would have been very different because first of all, they wouldn't have mentioned the Pfizer documents in my opinion. Um, I think that I'm sure that was just because of me because no one else mentioned them and I think they just felt like they had to include something and that was luckily the thing that they chose to include which changed so many people's minds I had so many people messaging me saying I was pro-vax before this and after watching this I realized that you know you clearly know something I don't you were right about it they even agreed with you and I can't believe that I was. I only just found this out from a 20, I was 21 years old at the time, from a 21 year old girl when it should have been told to me a long time ago by the government. Like, why didn't they tell us this? Um, So luckily, I had people who told me that they, because of what I said, they're now not going to vaccinate their children. And they were going to before. So I feel like I I, I must have saved at least one life. Yeah. (laughs) like if if you go by the stats which is so amazing and i'm so happy that i did choose to do it because i i was kind of ready to say to give up and just be like no i'm not going to go through this hassle because it's too much i don't want to have to deal with all of the repercussions but i'm really glad that i did choose to you know stick to it and go ahead with it but i, I yeah like i said i didn't really have a choice because it was god telling me to do it yeah so
0: yeah that's absolutely brilliant and did you get and what happened afterwards when it when it so the, the the program was aired um what was the what was the feedback what was the how did it work out
1: so um we had loads of newspaper articles written about it um Every single one was basically making us look like we were idiots and completely in favor of what the BBC had done, except for The Guardian, who wrote a they wrote an article um, saying that it was a pa- painfully patronizing documentary by the BBC. They gave it a one star review
0: <laughs> out mm-hmm. of
1: five, and they compared it to Big Brother sponsored by Pfizer. Really? That, how yeah. did
0: that slip? Through the net because the Guardian was pushing it as heavily as everyone else.
1: I don't know. I think it was uh, the journalist who wrote that article. She said that she was happily triple vaxxed but you know she didn't agree with what they'd done to us. They, she didn't agree with what they, um, with how they tried to make us look. I think she knew that it was um, that we were heavily censored in there, and I think she knew that it was edited it edited to make us look silly um because yeah i i don't know i i think she was just
0: you know I, Nazvin, I didn't watch it at the time um because i knew that if i reviewed it that what i said about it was not going to get run as i wrote it because for various reasons so i didn't bother but you've really you've really tempted me to to have a look at it now knowing, <laughs> knowing what i know did do you think that um, any of them were uh, what are they called crisis actors? Um, any of your, your fellow cast members, or were they were they actors at all?
1: Well, that I mean, a lot of people said they that there are two actors. Um, I mean, fair enough. One of them actually is an actor, but you know, just because you're an actor doesn't mean that you are being hired by the BBC to act in that documentary. So i don't think so but i just i don't know i don't know them well enough i really can't say right um there was yeah i i, I don't think I think, so.
0: I think the ancient greeks would, would disagree with you i think the ancient greeks thought that actors being an actor automatically made you a liar really <laughs> yeah i think so
1: <laughs> i don't know i i really don't know i know that he is an actor but you know, actors are also speaking out about the COVID vaccine. You know, there are many actors who are famous and speaking out about it. So he could just genuinely, you know, be an actor and also have a, you know, view on this. I I don't know. No, I, I'm being I I'm
0: being harsh. Look, I I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm friends with I'm friends friends with some actors who are who are nice and I think are yeah. a, a decent so but but I think generally if... one has to be a bit suspicious that people whose job is pretending to be something they're not you know I've met a lot of actors um of really famous ones who I now know to be I mean you know you're aware of what Hollywood actors do how embedded they are in the Luciferian system and stuff yeah I know yeah I mean we're talking probably they're involved in the worst kind of child abuse
1: satanic rituals satanic um, rituals pedophilia
0: and i've interviewed a few of these guys and i thought you're great i love you you're so nice you were so nice to me and i you're my friend you know we 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 could have dinner together because you're on the screen and now we've met and we're really good friends and and you're a nice guy no it's just like they're actors (laughs) that's their job
1: i know but i know some actors in the movement who are very awake and speaking out about it so it's. I mean, he's not that well known. He's only been in like a few tiny roles, um, from what I've seen. So, I I don't know. I would no. say no, but I just don't know. I seriously don't know. I I don't speak to them anymore. So it doesn't I, I matter anyway. For,
0: for for the sake of what you've said, is far more interesting and and, and <laughs> damning of the of, of the BBC. Um, so did you? Um, I mean, you, you presumably became much more famous as a result of this it, probably on the internet more than on you didn't become a kind of you weren't like Captain Tom on the front page of a newspaper for for going on your Zimmer frame around your garden you know you didn't achieve <laughs> that level of
1: I remember that <laughs> what, no
0: what do you actually tell me what did you think about the Captain Tom psyop <laughs> uh well
1: at the time I think I was very young, too young to sort of question things. I don't remember what year was that?
0: Well, it was, it was in the early day. It was when people were banging pots and pans for our NHS. Oh, was it? Yeah.
1: I thought, okay, I'm, I'm thinking about something else. I think, no, like, was it that he did a charity walk around his garden? Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: And apparently uh, some of the, some of the money since has gone, his daughter, who I think ran the charity, she spent the money on a, on a spa. <laughs> for her house or something
1: really yeah
0: it just gets better and better
1: oh my gosh <laughs> well then yeah uh, that is shocking but well, at the same time i'm not shocked
0: <laughs> no exactly i mean it was just insane and yeah. it was clown world and yet everyone believed in clown world everyone got in the clown car pretty much apart from a few of us who were going hang on a second that's a clown car. They've got red noses and 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 wigs and white yeah. face paint.
1: It's so obvious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: so then you went up a gear, if that's the right phrase, um, and you became you started doing that brave thing, which I could never do. I mean, I always, I was when, when I see a busker getting on a, a tube carriage and and, and 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 sort of making those first moves towards engaging the the carriage and everyone's going well looking at their phones or how how do you how do you do it what's the technique um
1: you just need to think you know what is the reason behind why i'm doing this yeah and obviously for me that's god i can't ignore that you know if i have if i know i need to get information out and I'm being censored online, then clearly the only reason, I mean, the only way to do that is by going to the public directly. Um, Because we have, we, you know, online we are in an echo chamber, sadly, we are being censored and we're only reaching people who already know the um, information. Good point. Um, You know, and if you post on Rumble, for example, there's only a certain amount of people who use Rumble and they're usually awake because they know to go to the sort of uncensored um social media. you
0: just maybe realise actually this this interview is this, this this chat is a complete waste of time because only No
1: <laughs> No, because it still gives people hope and inspiration. So it, that's true. You know, okay. Our side still needs to hear things, but in terms of explaining why the vaccine's unsafe, explaining why COVID was a hoax, explaining why, you know, we our side doesn't need to hear that because we already know. Yeah, yeah. the public who were brainwashed need to hear it and they are on the streets they're not going to see my posts because they're not following me or my posts aren't going to reach them because they're only reaching like-minded people so um, yeah my friend Ramis he was doing um, outreach long before I started he was going he had a song called Don't Take The Vaccine and it went I viral. love that
0: song it was very yeah. catchy <laughs> yeah it went
1: viral Don't Take The
0: Vaccine yep.
1: yeah yeah <laughs> So how happen. did you meet...
0: You say you casually drop my friend Remis. How did you meet Remis?
1: So I just... Basically, there was a school next to where I was living at the time in Waterloo. And it was a boys' school. And they... I heard two boys... I was walking to the station and I heard... They were walking behind me and I heard them talking about... Um, that They were going to do the vaccines in, in school. And they were talking about an assembly they'd had that day. Um, where the teachers basically manipulated the students into getting the vaccine. They were saying, I don't want to take it. Are you going to take it? So I just turned around and I was like, I'm really sorry to interrupt. Like, I really don't mean to intrude, but can you? are you talking about the COVID vaccine? And then they were like, yeah, like today our teacher um, had an assembly where she said that we're going to get vaccinated next week and we don't have to have it, but we are basically bad people if we choose not to have it because it's, you know, you need to have it. And we feel you know, embarrassed not to do it because most, you know, students are saying they want to have it, but we're saying we don't and we're not sure. So I was like, listen, you are perfectly entitled to not have it. If you choose not to have it, you know, you have to speak to your parents, tell them the information, you know, do you have any science? I, I have loads of things here. I can show you, just give your parents this information because they need to know this before they make the decision as to whether or not you're going to get vaccinated. And, um, I basically promised them I was going to come to their school and make a public <laughs> speech <laughs> um, outside their school. Uh, and I me- I knew Ramis was doing that. He was going to, you know, schools around the UK and playing his song, Don't Hit the Vaccine. And basically all the students loved him and loved what he was, you know, about because they, you know, as young people, I guess they have that rebellious side to them. And, and if they know something's not right, they want to speak out. But we were being told that it's a bad thing to do with this particular situation. And they, sun- they they found someone who was older than them, you know, and who they could look up to who was choosing to speak out about this. And they sort of, you know, got inspired by that. So he was doing an amazing um, job going through literally so many schools. And he, I think he had a massive part to play in the reason that people chose not to vaccinate their children to that degree, because we had, I can't remember what the statistic was, but it was a very, very low number of children who actually got it in the end.
0: That's good to hear. Yeah, so I think... Did you ever find out whether those two kids that you accosted...
1: Well, (laughs) so I messaged Ramis and asked him if he has any leaflets that I can print out before I go to the school, so I can give out leaflets to the children to give to their parents... Um, and he was like, he was amazed that I was willing to go to a school on my own as a 21 year old girl um, and do that kind of work. <laughs> so he was like, listen, I'm gonna come with you. Don't worry, I'm gonna bring the leaflets. And we met up that, I think next the week after And he brought some people who, you know, he was doing the school outreaches with. So you could sort of go as a group as opposed to one person on their own and he brought his speaker and his megaphone and we all went together and we went outside that school and the two boys who were there were so happy to see us (laughs) (laughs) and we played the song i was shouting out stats with the megaphone and we were handing out leaflets to all of the students and they gave them to their parents um i guess which is what we told them to do wow so yeah we definitely made a difference and we gave it's not even about um making a difference it's just giving the students the confidence to speak out because they see people doing it and also the way we do it it makes it kind of look cool (laughs) in a weird way so obviously if they think that's actually the cool thing not to get the vaccine but to speak out against it they'll be like more likely to do it themselves as well especially if they already think that there's something wrong with it so yeah it was definitely very well
0: <coughs> and do you think there's a, <coughs> excuse me don't worry do you think that that sort of word spread sort of word of mouth across schools it,
1: oh yeah you definitely be everywhere
0: because,
1: yeah definitely because the um students would record us and then post it on their oh, social media
0: fantastic so you were doing this presumably in london
1: yeah london well i was doing it in london but he was doing it throughout All over. the school. Yeah, Cornwall. Um, I can't remember where else, but he was doing it around the UK. Um, Good I old Remise. Yeah,
0: I, I, I wish I'd, I, well, I should have. Well, I suppose I, I can still have him on the pod at some stage. I, I, yeah, that. I, I, I mean, I really approve of this kind of direct action because all I do is podcasts and the occasional live thing but you know you you and him put me to shame you you would have saved lots of lots of lives there
1: yeah i mean i think we all have a part to play in this and everyone's got a different part to play so obviously you uh your podcast is giving people in the movement confidence inspiration you know you you definitely have a massive part to play because people will watch your podcasts and see there's people out there doing work like this and it might inspire them to do it as well so it's definitely I think everyone's got a role to play in this and this is just my role um
0: so when you do your um your guerrilla um activity whatever you want to call
1: <laughs> outreach it,
0: gorilla gorilla outreach um do you have a sort of a, a, a regular group of friends I mean you're not part of any organization are you you're just you and, and your mates
1: yeah we don't get paid to do it at all in fact we actually pay money into it so (laughs) we're using our own money as, as well as donations because there are people who luckily donate towards leaflets because it costs a lot of money to print leaflets um but yeah we we do have a regular group um we have a group on telegram a group chat and we just sort of you know see who's free and depending on who's free we just go out and we do it whenever we sort of plan to so it's and
0: can 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 new people join your group if they want to can they can do you want to give the name of your telegram group or is that
1: well we sort of closed we've had things like that before and it's sort of gone wrong um in time you don't know who you can trust no basically. and yeah but we do encourage people to make their own groups you know go out with their their friends and do a similar thing if they feel inspired to, because it really is powerful. Um, and obviously the more people do that, the better because you're reaching more people. We can only reach so many people with our group.
0: Can I just say what what, what you've said there is so true and so important. I, I, I never want to join any groups because they're almost always, either the, either they're set up by people who are not to be trusted or they get co-opted very, very quickly. The only way of doing it is to kind of your DIY stuff. Little yeah, cells. just
1: basically, yeah. I mean, with things like this, you have to stick with people you can trust because it is something that you can get. Like one time we had um, a police officer, an undercover police officer, confront us and then more police had followed us as well. And we it was the weirdest situation where... They were basically following us and waiting for a, an altercation. And as soon as one happened, because one of the passengers got really upset at us because we were spreading false information, and he stood up and he started shouting at us. Oh, no, I think he, he stayed for that, but he was shouting at us. And then the police officer, the undercover police officer, came up to us and then they were like, you're causing a, a breach of peace. You have to leave. Um, so he'd been following us the entire time and I did did notice there was a man following us but I didn't realise he was a police officer
0: (laughs) what what, what did he look like
1: Uh, black clothing Um, I think he was blonde I can't remember there's a video on my um, Twitter
0: blonde blonde, black uniform that sounds like like a Nazi actually (laughs) (laughs) but but but, Do you think that the person who the, I, I did see I did see uh, this video or I sort of glanced at it in that kind of distracted way that one does when was flicking through social media. Um do you think that the the person who complained was real?
1: Yeah. I think yeah? he was yeah. He was wearing you, a mask.
0: Ah. Yes, ah, reading
1: a newspaper, I think.
0: <laughs> right, okay, From what I remember. Yeah. So. Okay. But, so, tell me about the reactions you get generally to your your gorilla outreach,
1: so it's surprising because I mean, I did yellow boards before this, um are you familiar with yellow boards?
0: Yeah, yeah, I like the yeah. yellow board people,
1: yeah, so I was doing them before, even before the documentary um and we had so many negative interactions in fact most interactions were negative we had people laughing at us we had people pointing at us and making fun of us we had literal physical attacks verbal attacks um people pushing our signs out of our hands um it was crazy um and i would say most interactions back then were negative whereas now most interactions through doing outreach are positive. So. There's been a massive turnaround and I do feel that people realise they've been lied to and they are angry about it and they're less trusting of news outlets and the government and more trusting of people who were warning them from the start and they chose not to listen to them before. Whereas now they are choosing to listen to us because they realise that we are actually a more trustworthy source of information than the government and the news. Um, So they're more willing to hear what we've got to say and... Yeah, it's pretty cool, but we do still have some negative interactions, I'm not going to lie. But most, I I would say, are positive. We have people asking us questions, asking us for more information, asking us for an extra leaflet so they can give it to their friend or family member. Um, It's, yeah, really positive, and I think it's definitely a step in the right direction because people are willing to trust each other as opposed to the higher powers (laughs)
0: What do you talk about?
1: Uh, We talk about the COVID vaccine sometimes. We've we've sort of moved on from that now because it's not really as relevant anymore. There's not really a push for it anymore. Um, But we do still include that because I think it is important to reiterate things. And also because pregnant women are still being told to get it. um, And that's awful. So it's good to get the information still, you know, um, then we talk about central bank digital currency, um, digital ID, um, the social credit system, and you know how that might be implemented into our lives in the future. Not just the Chinese people's lives, because you know we we use them as an example and we explain what's happening to them, and then we say that it could happen to us. We talk about um, the World Economic Forum and how evil they are and what they're trying to push agenda 2030 um or the great reset as they're calling it we we basically talk about all of these conspiracy theories that we basically back them up with evidence you know we have a video that the world economic forum actually released themselves about the great reset explaining that they're going to try and limit our meat consumption um and we're going to own nothing and be happy <laughs> so all of these things it's literally evidence they've given it away you know they've they've told us they're doing it which is their whole you know that's what satanists do they have to tell you they're doing something
0: before right. they
1: do it so that you accept it and you know they can just say well we told them we were going to do it they accepted it so it's not we're not going to get punished for it
0: i can tell you you've you've done a lot of you spent a lot of time down the rabbit hole because <laughs> that one i think I learned from the guy who used to be a high-level bagman for the for the cabal, the the powers that be, the predator class, whatever. Mm-hmm. And he talked about this weird notion that they have of sort of karma that 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 you are somehow excused from moral responsibility for the evil actions you take if you tell people what you're going to do, and then then they're just like, they deserve it.
1: Yeah. Then it's on them because they've accepted it. So yeah. I do believe that's what the World Economic Forum are doing. They're telling us what they're going to do before they do it, and they're getting us comfortable with it so that when it does happen, we accept it. Um, and they're, you know, doing it all under the guise of global global warming and saying, you know, it's for the health of the planet and our people, and just blatant lies. Because if you actually look at um, you know, the temperatures and the climate is actually getting cooler at the moment. It's cooling down as opposed to heat warming up. So there's no global warming happening. You know, the climate is changing, but it's changed for, since the beginning of time it's changed. It's fluctuated in temperature. So it's normal and it's going to happen regardless of what we do. We're not going to make an impact on it. You know, we can't we can't change the way that the earth is made it's made to fluctuate in temperature so it's just people are again believing a load of crap without looking into the science even i forgot his name but the founder of greenpeace oh yeah patrick moore yeah, he's, yeah saying, he's an old
0: mate of mine yeah really yeah, yeah
1: that's so cool but yeah he's he's come out and said it's all a scam as well yeah um so you know there's people who literally were a part of it who are now realising that it was a scam and coming out and saying, you know, don't believe this. It's bullshit. Yes.
0: But it's a bit like what we were talking earlier about the clown car and they've all got their wigs and their red noses and their white faces. It's so obvious to us. But it's amazing the number of people who, who just have to sort of be told by the BBC and Sky News that the planet is burning and it's all our fault. Yeah. And they ignore the their evidence all around them. This isn't happening. And they go, well, it says so on the telly. Mm. <laughs> they believe it. And David Attenborough. I... David Attenborough. Good old lovely cat with his soft, whispery voice. I mean, how could you not believe David Attenborough?
1: I know. They they know what they're doing. It's, yeah. Uh, it's like, yeah, they know what they're doing. They, so... they, they're using manipulation tactics on the public and it, they're working again.
0: So you're obviously wise to what's going on and you and you being a Christian you understand that ultimately this is a spiritual war. So just just give me the big picture what what do you think is going on?
1: Well, I think that well, I don't even I, I'm not even going to say the world economic forum because they're not even at the top. You know, we we think they're at the top but they're not. I I I believe that at the very top There is the devil. And I think he does run this world. Um, So that is the evil energy, which is trying to destroy the public and remove God from our lives. Um, I think they're trying to get us to trust science over God, to trust the government over God, to look to the government for solutions instead of looking to God, um, which is literally what's happening. You know, they're making our lives so... Um, worrying and basically putting fake emergencies into our lives to make us feel negative emotions like fear, anger, um, worry. And then we're looking to people for a solution and we're looking, well, I'm not, but, you know, the majority of the public are looking to the government for a solution and they're trusting these people who don't actually have their best interest at interests at heart. Um, and I believe that there is going to be a one-world government eventually, or they're going to try and push it. Whether it happens, I don't know, but I think that they're going to... I think the World Economic Forum and the World Health Organization are going to have a massive part to play in it, and I think they're going to be a part of this one-world government where every single country in the world are going to have one government controlling them all with the same policies, the same restrictions, the same mandates, the same punishments, people who refuse to go with it. Um, and I think we're going to have a social credit system in place where we are being punished for going against what the government are telling us to do. For example, if they tell us we have to eat a certain amount of meat a week and we can't surpass you know, the limit, it, people who do choose to surpass that limit will get punished by having their credit score, their social credit score lowered. Um, And other things like using, you know, a a diesel or petrol car as opposed to an electric one, which can be switched off whenever the government decide because, you know, if you don't have electricity, you can't charge it. So, and who's in charge of the electricity? Not us. (laughs) So I do think that We do have hard times coming up, but we just need to stay strong and resist everything, refuse to comply with everything. Um, You know, it's it's all starting so easily, like with the Eulas and, um, you know, 15 minute cities. But I think it's just the beginning. And I think we should refuse to comply with the things which are happening now. For example, I had a meeting at my council um it was a staff conference and I stood up and I said I disagreed with the director of housing who's at the very top people are literally scared to talk to him and I stood up and I disagreed disagreed with him in front of hundreds of people publicly spoke up and said that what they're doing is tyrannical he said he's going to, he said his plan is to make the council or the borough a carbon neutral borough by 2030 and obviously this is all bringing up agenda 2030 vibes so I, I just stood up and i just said what you're doing is tyrannical what are you going to do take away people's rights are you going to stop them from being able to make their own decisions about how they want to live their own lives um what else did i mention oh yeah are you going to introduce more Ulez? um which is already causing problems to the public and then i basically said that global warming is a scam (laughs) and i explained (laughs) everything that i said earlier (laughs) and everyone was just shocked and then they all they were all clapping me afterwards because they're all you know sort of feeling the same sort of things and they can see the problems that are arising with this and they refused to address the question
0: wow did you i'm surprised you weren't sacked
1: no i mean i don't think you can be sacked for an opinion
0: what was the con- what was the, what was the context where Where was this meeting
1: so it was in our council that I work for in, in the housing department it was a staff conference and it wasn't even like it was meant to be about housing, but then he brought that up so I felt like I had to say something because I couldn't just sit there and in silence and ignore the fact he's pushing this agenda onto people um and yeah, I had people coming up to me afterwards saying, you know, thank you for speaking up for us all. You know, I've had to deal with the expansion of the ULAs and, I, you know, I'm literally losing so much money on this, on just getting to work. I can see the issues that are coming up with this. And, it, yeah, global warming is a load of bullshit as well. So thanks they, for calling me They the said out.
0: that. Council workers said that. I thought workers. they were all so woke and so on board with the...
1: Uh, a lot of them are. Most of them are, I would say. But I had a lot of people agreeing with my points of the, you know, bre- uh, it being a breach of human rights, essentially. So, yeah, I had loads of people coming up to me afterwards, and I actually pulled him aside, the director of housing. I pulled him aside afterwards and I said, Sorry, can I just talk to you for a second? Because you refused to answer my question. So, are you going to do it in private? And I basically put the pressure on him, and he actually accepted that um he couldn't argue with me on some of the points and he said i actually don't disagree with you about a lot of things but he basically said that he isn't in a position to speak up about it and he's just relaying information he's being told to give yeah so it does make you question who's who's above him and who's above him and who's above him and who's at the very top of this um
0: of the pyramid, because they're all sort of Where relaying
1: information.
0: Yeah, there's that single eye staring from near the top, and then at the very top, he's got he's got horns and a forked tail.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> exactly. That's it. Um, Nazvin I've so I've so enjoyed talking to you. It's been. I I do hope I meet you on on a, a, some sort of freedom festival or something. It's it's, yeah. it's, um, it's brilliant what you've done. Where can people find you and Um, you know see your stuff or support you or whatever
1: so I'm on Twitter um Instagram Rumble YouTube and now TikTok as well but I'm not really using that as much but I still do post on there sometimes and my username is Nazarin Veronica so you can find me on those platforms
0: uh right I'm I'm gonna check out a few more of your (laughs) guerrilla outreach episodes and um uh so thank you um and i'm 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 glad i finally managed to track you down because because of course you know unlike most of us uh, (laughs) people who do this podcast a lot of people sort of retired or they've got they haven't got day jobs but you actually do actually work for a living so um. yeah (laughs) so anyway good luck with everything everything you do and i'm I'm really glad i mean it's it's great having god on your side isn't it what what do your parents think by the way
1: oh yeah they're completely on board luckily um and they're beginning to turn to god more as well the more that they um see because when you realize that there is such evil beyond comprehension you know you realize everything in life has an opposite to it so if there's that level of evil there must be the same level of good um to balance out so a lot of people are turning to god now which is amazing um
0: a lot of it for that reason you've just described i mean that was pretty much that's one of the main reasons i found i found god because that you think this is so bad hang on a second there is a counter to this yeah yeah
1: everything has an opposite so an equal and opposite
0: well of reaction. course except except that ultimately the good wins
1: exactly I, I truly believe that so I know there are good times ahead but there are also probably dark times as well which are coming up before the good comes so we just need to stay strong through that and hold each other through it and yeah we'll, we'll be fine we'll be fine we've got God on our side so we'll we'll win eventually yes
0: all should be well and all manner of things should be well
1: exactly yeah, yeah
0: that's good um uh well it only remains for you uh, i th- all you lucky viewers and listeners how good was this podcast i so enjoyed it i i i loved meeting nazarin and uh she's great um you can see the light shining from her um if you uh, obviously you should support nazarin if you want to support me and i think you should because you know i'm I, I do good work too um <laughs> you can support me on locals and on uh Substack sub and Subscribestar Star and Patreon. I think the first two are probably the best. Um, oh, and you can buy me a coffee. Lots of people buy me a coffee, and that's always really appreciated. Oh, several coffees. I mean, loads of coffees. You know so much coffee that I, I, I'd almost die, and I don't mind. Just buy me lots. Um, <laughs> right. Thank you very much for watching. And and I'll put the details of our um, our sponsor this week below, so you can you can go and rent some of his cottages because they look great. Um, Thanks, Nazarene.
1: Thank you for having me. Pleasure, pleasure.